me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Uh, we began a new series last week that we're calling Resonance, uh, and uh, we're, we're going through Romans 8 in this series. Here's what I think. I think when we reach the end of this chapter that you're going to find yourself absolutely in awe of this passage of Scripture. This is a passage of Scripture that resonates in eternity. It describes our story as part of a divine novel. You see, your story is not meaningless. Rather, it is a tale of faith, fear, and courage that brings power from your past and meaning to your future. Your story has resonance both in the past and in the future. And so my goal in this series as we work through this powerful, deep, makes-you-think chapter is that you will begin to see what I'm talking about when I say resonance. Now, for many of us, we live our lives trapped behind castle walls. We talked about those last week there at the beginning of the passage where it says there is now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So many of us, though, we live our lives behind castle walls of guilt, condemnation, and shame. Throughout the course of our life, we have built these walls, frequently thinking that they will help keep us safe and keep people from hurting us. But in reality, what they are doing is they are imprisoning us. And so let me ask you this question. What happens? How would your life be different? What would life look like if you allowed the walls of the past to crumble in grace? What would it look like whenever you scale the fears of the future with faith? If you were to open your heart to relationships, relationships where you never say goodbye, but are always able to look forward in hope. My challenge for you today is to see the moment with resonance. You're not just in one moment in time, but your story and your future are all led by the sovereign hand of God. So let's, let's read in the Bible, Romans 8. We're going to read verses 1 through 5 right now, and then we'll read some more here in a bit. You got your Bibles with you today? Let me encourage you to have a copy of the Scripture, whether it's paper or electronic, have a copy of the Scripture with you when you come to church on Sunday. And if you don't, we have it on the screen. <laughs> Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Because the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now remember verse 2 because we're going to revolve a lot around that here. So get the imagery here. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. What the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirements would be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. 
For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on things of the Spirit. Now, there are two layers of resonance that I want us to identify. The first is time and eternity. So we generally understand time this way. We have past, then we have what? Present, and then we have the future. And we live in this this world where there is past, present, and future. And you cannot redo or undo the past. You can't go back and change what has happened. And nobody in here completely knows the future. You may be able to make some predictions about the future, but you cannot really know what's going to happen tomorrow. So the advice of the poets has been to live in the moment. Carpe diem, seize the moment. Or as Emily Dickinson wrote, forever is composed of nows. But here's the first resonance mind bend. And to get there, you have to allow yourself to Think a little bit differently. God exists beyond time. You see, one of the attributes of God is that he is eternal. He has always been, is, and always will be. Not only is he eternal, but he has foreknowledge, and he has the ability to see and to relate with eternal resonance. Drill down into this thought, it can kind of blow your mind. But what this means is that God knows me and sees me past, present, and future. God knows me. And in his sovereignty, he is able to direct my life and to guide me and to use the various events of my life for his glory. You see this aspect of God's sovereignty over the various stages of our life towards the end of the chapter, and we'll, we'll look at this in detail whenever we get to this point, but in Romans 8, 28, you have a familiar passage of Scripture where it says, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Not all things in life are good, but God in his sovereignty can work things together for good For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. So one of the first mind bends you have to do as you start thinking about living in resonance is you have to understand that even though we experience life here in past, present, and future, God knows us and sees us in all realms. He's not limited to time. Now, there's a second layer that is spoken about in the passage that we're looking at today, and that is the layer of spiritual and flesh, spirit and flesh. If you go back and look at the verses that we read, you'll see that that these two are kind of presented and we are told to that believers have the mindset of the spirit, not the mindset of 
the flesh. Now, we exist in the material world. Our lives tend to revolve around what we can sense. The empirical world, the scientifically observed world, that's the world in which we tend to exist, right? You have things that have to be done. You have laundry that needs to be done. You have meals that need to be cooked. You have a job that needs to be tended to. You have various things that are in your real world that you can see, touch, smell, feel. These things that just have to be done. These are the duties of life. Does anybody have any duty in your life? Absolutely. Uh, and you have to do these things. They're your material world. Albert Einstein, talking about this, said, the best preparation for the future is to live as if there were none. Now, Einstein's a smart guy, but that's horrible advice because there is something beyond the moment. But in the material world, there are the laws of the flesh, the laws of being human, the laws of living in this finite world. Now, what do you know about the laws of the flesh? Well, theologically, we know this. In the flesh, we all sin. If you go back and read the earlier chapters, Paul lays out that argument very clearly through the first three chapters. That all, in verse 23 of chapter 3, he says, all sin and all fall short of the glory of God. So everybody in here does things that are selfish. Everybody in here has been hurt, and you have also hurt people. In verse 2 of our chapter, it talks about the law of sin and death. What is the law of sin and death? That is that cold, hard reality that we all experience, the circle of life. You know, it's the Sunday after BBS. And I have this really strong knot in my shoulder right here. And I got to thinking, why does my shoulder hurt so badly? And I couldn't figure it out. And finally it dawned on me that before the opening rally, I was hitting beach balls to the kids. And now that I am in my advanced age, my shoulder is sore simply because I was hitting beach balls to the kids. I think it was Wednesday night. I was over here, and I felt my hand hurting. And I looked down, and I had one of those old men bruises <laughs> on my hand. I was like, what on earth is happening here? It's healed up pretty well, but yeah, it was just there. Oh, you know, come give me a hug, children. You know, I mean, it's gross. When you, anyway, sorry. But uh, that's the law of sin and death in the material world. There is no guarantee of tomorrow. Life has a beginning and life has an ending. There's the circle of life, right? And, and there's this decay that takes place in life. And all of us are aging. All of us are experiencing this. It's something that we, we see, we experience, we know. We try to ignore it. We try to pretend that it's not real. But the law of sin and flesh says it's real. And then there's moments where you lose somebody close to you and you cannot deny the fact that it's real. But now, here's what the passage is teaching us. That if you are in Christ, if you're a Christian, then you understand 
that the material world is not all that there is. Now, this is huge. There is also the spiritual world. And today, the spiritual world exists congruently with the flesh world. I have a body, but I am a spirit. Spiritually, we connect with God. In the spiritual world, I open my heart to faith. I trust God and I follow God even whenever I cannot control the outcomes. I have begun to discover in my life that living in that faith world is where the real beauty of life is found. That's where you experience the real joy of life. When you learn to trust God even though you can't see the outcomes but you're following him because you've opened your heart to faith. Faith is necessary for healthy relationships for you to have a healthy marriage, for you to have healthy relationships with your children, with your parents, with other people. You have to be able to open your heart to faith and realize that there are some things that you can't see, you can't control, but you're open to them. In the spiritual world, there is hope beyond death. In the spiritual world, when we talk about hope, we're not just talking about, I really hope this is the year for the Cowboys. That's false hope right there, okay? In the spiritual world, hey, I'm a cowboy fan since birth. I root for the laundry. But um, in the, whoever's playing for him, I just root for him. But uh, in the spiritual world, there's such a thing as heaven. And whenever we think about people that have passed away, there is real, genuine hope beyond death. In the spiritual world, I have the freedom to love. Because I realize this, that my life is not defined or controlled by any person out there. I am free and I have identity in Christ. And because I know who I am and whose I am, I can love freely. I can share my heart with other people because I know that it's worth the risk. And that's where joy will be found. But in the flesh world, that doesn't exist. In the flesh world, if it's going to be, it's up to me. In the flesh world, this life is all that I have. If this life ends, then that's the end. And in the flesh world, I, I need to hold back my love because I don't want the hurt. In the flesh world, I need to build these walls to make sure that I protect myself because I must maintain my identity and my image at all cost. If all you have is the flesh world, then life becomes a prison where the walls press closer with each second in time because eventually the walls close in on you and if there is no spiritual life, then all there is is darkness, condemnation. But let's keep pressing forward in verse 5. Are you with me there in your Bibles? Okay. For those... For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. Now, the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is, say these two words with me, life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God, 
because it does not submit to God, indeed, it is unable to. Now, I get verse 5. Go back to verse 5 and just look at that for a second. For those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh. I get that part because I think I lived that for a long time. I, I was a Christian. I grew up in church. I spelled my name for the first time in macaroni at some VBS craft or something like that. Okay, I grew up in church. I loved Jesus. I was baptized at the age of seven. But here, here was my big challenge. I love destinations. And looking back on life, I think I often missed the journeys. And this really hit me one day when I was on a hike. For some reason, being in nature is a place where I'm able to commune with God. And I was at Mount Rainier National Park, and I remember on that day, I was obsessed with how many miles I hiked today getting to the top of the hill, how many steps did I take, did I hike fast enough? And I remember eating lunch at the top of Three Burrows Mountain, and I was looking out on this incredible landscape, and it was like the Holy Spirit of God just spoke to me, and I had gotten to the top, but I had missed the beauty. I'd walked right past it. And the application to life is this. It is really easy to fall into the trap of getting a lot of th things done only to find your soul completely undone. Verse 6 is a change of mindset. And to get to verse 6, it requires that you see things differently. It requires that you begin to allow yourself to change the way that you think so that you can see things from a spiritual mindset. Have you ever had to change your mindset in some area of life? Change the way that you think about it. I've been trying to lose a few pounds since my birthday on March the 2nd. And so my friend Daniel back there uh, introduced me to this app called Noom. This part of the sermon is not brought to you by any kind of weight loss or anything like that. I don't have like a pyramid scheme to introduce you to or anything like that. Okay. Uh, but anyway, there's this thing called Noom that, that I, I got on. And uh, the, the thing that was cool about it was every day there was a lesson. And they said, we're psychologists and we're trying to help you not just lose weight, but to change your mindset. And the mindset change was this, that we have to move from, well, I want to look like this, I want to weigh this, I want, I want to fit into this or whatever, to I want to be a healthy person. And I want to eat and live in such a way that I can be healthy. So they were trying to teach you to eat, move, and sleep with the goal of joyful living. And to do that, it requires a mindset change. Well, in verse 6, that's kind of what it's getting at. It's getting at the fact that a Christian has a different mindset than those that don't know Christ. We have the mindset of the Spirit, and the mindset of the Holy Spirit, the mindset of the Spirit, 
is two words here that we said together, life and peace. So when we have the mindset of the Spirit, we are thinking in terms of spiritual vitality. Is my spirit alive? Am I communing with God? Do I have vibrancy in my heart? The Greek word there is zoe. If Bennett or Camden had been girls, they would have been named zoe, but they were boys, so they're not named zoe. But uh, that word means new life or spiritual life that we have in Christ. It's a new beginning that occurs on the inside. And then the second word was peace, Irene. If you ever know anybody named Irene, Irene, it's from the word peace. And that word peace, that word Irene, has to do with rest, quietness, a calm of spirit. And so the mindset of the spirit is Zoe, life. The mindset of the spirit has peace. There's a rest, there's a quietness, there's a calm. Even though there may be injustices around you, even though there may be darkness around you, even though you may be experiencing things that you disdain, that you do not like, you can still, in the Spirit, have this mindset that allows you to experience spiritual vitality and the rest that Jesus promised his followers. So here's the question as we begin to land this sermon today, and that is, do you have life and peace today? Do you have the life and peace of the Holy Spirit? And now that you have the framework, I want to read for you the last few verses that we'll look at today. And just allow the scriptures to speak to your heart. So look at verse 7. The mindset of the flesh is hostile. Hostile towards God. Now, not only will it be hostile towards God, but it will be hostile towards other people as well. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it is unable to. You see, without the Holy Spirit of God transforming your life, you can't submit to the law of the Spirit, be alive spiritually. Look at verse 8. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God is in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Please catch this today. Living with the mindset of the flesh isn't living. It's dying. The mindset of the flesh puts you on a treadmill of condemnation and your entire life will be wasted and your performance will not be remembered. A few generations from you, they will hardly even know that you existed. 
It's not living to just simply live on the performance of the flesh, the treadmill of the now. There's more. There's more. That's part of what following Christ is all about, is the fact that there's more, my friends. So look at verse 10. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his Spirit who lives in you. Did you catch that? So where does this all leave us? I could talk about this for hours, but you don't want me to. You say, I'll preach as long as you want, brother, but that's not true. That's not true. Just keep on going. We just love it. No. Around noon, y'all get restless. So I got eight minutes. And I won't take the full eight minutes, I hope. Where does this leave us? One, it may be that you need to take that initial step of faith and trust in Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the beginning point of Christianity when we bow the knee and we acknowledge, I'm not God. I can't do it on my own. My flesh is weak, I've sinned, and I need the life of the Spirit. And so it may be that salvation is the step that you need to take today. And here in a few moments, if that's where the Spirit is leading you, I want to give you that opportunity to make that decision today. It may be that you're a believer, but there needs to be a mindset change. And I would venture to guess that you're probably arguing with me internally as we talk about this. But as you dig into the scripture and you read it and you think about it and you marinate on it, you may reach that point where you go, you know what? My mindset has been on the flesh and that's a mindset that just leads me to death. I will spend my entire life tearing down people, criticizing people and living for nothing. And that's not how I want to live. And so it may be that there needs to be a shift in your thinking. And you need to surrender to God and say, Lord, help me to make this change. And it could be that you are living in the Spirit. And today we just need to remind you that living in the Spirit is where life and peace are found. So don't get so caught up in all these other things and miss out on the beauty of life. Don't get so caught up in getting to the destination, getting to the top of the hill, making sure that you did everything right and you got enough steps that you missed the beauty that's all around you. Because there is a lot. There is a lot for which to be thankful for. And we need to remember that on Father's Day. There's a lot to be thankful for. Would you guys be so kind as to bow your heads with me, please? If you're here today and you need to take that step of salvation, I would invite you to make this your moment. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But I'm going to invite you to call out to God in your mind and just give your heart to Christ. You say, Lash, I don't know what to say. I don't know. There's no magical words. 
It's a moment of surrender for you. Where you say, Heavenly Father, I'm a sinner. I fall short. And I'm taking that step of faith. And I'm placing it in Jesus Christ. There's never been that moment in your life where you've truly taken that step of faith. Ask God to make this your moment of salvation. Mark this moment in time. This is the moment where you took your step of faith and you trusted in Christ. Seal it in your mind. Seal it in your heart. Find somebody that you know that loves Jesus. Tell them about the decision you're making right now. Go ahead and think of somebody in your mind that loves Jesus that you can tell about this decision you're making right now. I would love to know about it. I'm here at the front. I'd love to be a pastor to you. And so I would invite you to come and tell me that this morning you made that decision to trust in Christ. For others in the room today, you need to ask God to help you to have a mindset change. To be able to see the world through the Spirit and not get trapped in the flesh. And so right now with our heads bowed, you just need to ask God, Lord, help me to see it. Help me to see things differently. Help me to live in the Spirit and not in the flesh. For some of us in this room, we just need life and peace. We just need to open our hearts to God and say, God, just fill me. Fill me with that life and that peace that you promise. I surrender to you. I bring myself before you. Lord, I know that I live in a fallen world, but I ask that you will help me to see this world as you see it and to love people as you love them. And may you fill my heart with the life and peace that only the Spirit of God can bring so that the living water of Jesus Christ might flow through me and my life makes waves that resonate in eternity. Father, I thank you for the work that you're doing in our hearts, for the maturity that you're bringing to our lives. Help us, Lord, to live in the Spirit. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Much love to you all. Let's stand up as we sing.